Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 77 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And today on our show, the Blue Jays, they're not done. They're making moves. We've signed Brandon Belt to get another predominant at-bat in our lineup, and we traded for a new pitcher, and we acquired an old friend that Jays fans of a few years ago might know quite well. But first, before we get into the show, guys, remember our show is free and it's available on all platforms. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please like the damn video, guys, and leave a comment and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And if you're one of the many who's listening to us over on Podcast Land, which is growing quite rapidly, might I add, please leave us a five-star review over there, share with a friend and all that fun stuff. It really is the best way to help the show grow. But with that being said, Riley, what's up? How are you today? Doing real good, Jesse. Rainy, uh, rainy evening here. Haven't seen the sunshine in three damn days, mm. as Kid Rock would say. <laughs> it's um, hey man, baseball isn't quite you know happening yet. We're still at that you know it feels like the winter feeling where ba- we're missing baseball, but we're very much active for the first little bit of you know this offseason where it seemed like the Jays weren't making any moves and they really weren't let's be real True. I mean it, it now seems no matter how small those moves may seem I think they're very impactful and very beneficial to our whole system the whole Jays organization very good to bring in these certain pieces yeah man I'm good same as you man waiting for pitchers and catchers to report I mean the more and more moves we make the more excited I am for the 2023 mm-hmm. season I know it's I know it's going to be a good year I just looked online and I think we are projected to have the third best um, lineup in all of baseball sure behind yep. the Houston Astros and maybe the Dodgers not sure who the other name was but teams with you know immaculate reputa- reputations for post postseason success and um, you know that makes you feel good Jesse yeah all is good in Buds and Blue Jays land and in regular Blue Jays land, the Toronto Blue Jays, super stoked to even talk about this team because yes, it's going to be a lot of fun this year, man. All right, let's get into one of those uh, impact players that actually boosted our offense that the Blue Jays just signed. And if you've been snoozing, we've waited three or four days to get onto us, but here it is. The Blue Jays have signed 34-year-old left-handed hitter, first baseman, Brandon Belt to a one-year $9.3 million deal. Julian Merriweather has been DFA'd as the corresponding roster move. And Riley, your first thought of adding Brandon Belt to this already good Blue Jays lineup. The first thing that jumps off the page is, and I told you this before the show, is Brandon Belt was one of those guys that I didn't see play a lot. He played Mm -hmm. in the National League West and obviously played for some great San Francisco Giants team, twice a World Series winner. Mm -hmm. I mean, what jumps right off the page to me about Brandon Belt is he's been in the show since 2011 and he has put up some quiet good seasons and I Underrated feel like he's a, numbers too. I feel like he is a forgotten first baseman in this league. Maybe maybe it's an age thing. I can't be the market thing. I feel like he played in a very competitive division. I feel like he's a player that's overlooked and I don't know if the hype is as big as it, it should be uh, you know on Twitter or social media platforms. I really am a fan of this. I'm not like I can't say that Brandon Belt's my favorite guy but I think he is an excellent piece for for any team. I mean, he has a he has a great resume and mm-hmm. you could you say 34 years old. Well, honestly, we'll get more into it, but I don't think that father time has impacted this player as as much as a lot of other players that, you know, that hit the age 30 mark. He's kind of like a fine wine. He's gotten better okay, with yeah. age it seems, Jesse. You know, I th- think it's a smart move. I think it's the right move. And Jesse, you've made the same comment 
you can, honestly cannot go wrong with a one-year deal. Yeah, no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Even if it was $20 million, no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Because even if they don't perform, you can just cut them. But I don't think we're in any concern at all that uh, Brandon Belt isn't going to confirm, uh, isn't going to perform, sorry, this year. Let's dive right into it, my man. My first thought, you kind of nailed the hammer on the head there. Two-time World Series champion, so he's a winner. He knows what it takes to win in the playoffs, which is something the Blue Jays have struggled with their last few times there. And you got to say, Riley, the fit on this team is incredible. Left-handed swing, good power off the bench, a guy who can produce offense. Because let's be honest, even with the Varsho trade, we haven't really found the guy to replace Teoscar Hernandez's uh, power off the bat yet. Brandon Belt might be that guy. And honestly, my first thought is he might get more playing time than I think a lot of Jays fans might think he's going to get in this lineup. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's a, he he has not always been an everyday like the last couple years, the COVID shortened season, 2021-2022. It seems like he's received less playing time, but this is a guy who's played every day and on winning teams. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is going to make a lot more appearances than, than people, you know, might make it out to be. And especially, you know, against right-handed, right-handed pitching, you could see him in the DH spot quite a bit. I can't see him playing the corner outfield he did earlier in his career. I think you'll predominantly see him at designated hitter or first base, Agreed. maybe give Vladdy some days off. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, absolutely. This is a guy who's like put up some, maybe not 2022, maybe didn't have the best statistical year, but the COVID shortened 2020 season and the 2021 season for him were absolutely fantastic. And this is a guy who's yes, 34 years old, but on a one-year deal on a team fit that just seems so perfect. I just feel like the recipe is there for him to have, you know, a really good offensive year for us. Brandon Belt even said he had three or four teams interested in him. He chose the Toronto Blue Jays. He said something along the lines of that. He likes what this team is doing here. He likes this young core, and he was very excited to be a part of that. So if he's happy to be here and he's excited... I'm excited. Let's go with this guy. But first, Riley, let's break into the bat a little more because you mentioned he just had monster seasons in 2020 and in 2021. He sure did. WRC plus, which might be my favorite stat to evaluate a hitter, 171 in the in the 2020 season, 71% better than uh, league average. He got MVP votes that year and even 157 in the 2021 season, Riley. He had 29 home runs in only 97 games. If he can get 130, he has 35 plus home runs. That is a real power threat. Now, you mentioned he did show some signs of struggles in 2022, where his season ended with a line of a 213 batting average, 326 on base, and a 350 slugging, and only eight home runs in 297 plate appearances. But I will say, he still managed to post a 124 WRC plus in the first half of the season, which is roughly the same offensive output that we got from Boba Shett last year, Alejandro Kirk, and Teoscar Hernandez. So if that's the type of player we're getting there, that seems pretty good. And then he went into a three for 33 slump, which will happen, which was followed promptly by injuring his knee and shut him down for the rest of the season. So if we get that from Brandon Belt, which a lot of people I think are kind of chalking out that we might not be able to get, I think we are. And I think it's going to be a very good impact piece for this team. I always say this. I always say baseball is a funny thing as far as the laws of averages and everything like that. I feel it'd be a great time for Brandon Bell to bounce back. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had he had over a thousand OPS in the in the 2020 season. In 2021, he almost repeated that. He was uh, 975 OPS, and before that, I mean, he was he was hitting a lot of 700 in a, in a season where he hit around an 840 OPS. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just it just seems like yes, he had a pretty poor year. In less than 100 games played. I feel like new environment 
requirement. There's he's not. I doubt he's going to play 140 games for us this year. Let's be real. But he's going to get some plate appearances. He's going to make some innings. And I feel as though Brandon Belt is going to be a huge factor for us and be able to perform. I absolutely, man. And I think we've always wondered too. San Francisco was a very big pitcher's park for about 10 years. It wasn't until the last two or three years where it became more of a neutral park. And we always wondered, get Brandon Belt out of there and see what he can do. And we're finally going to get to see it. Riley, but I want to talk about his fit on the team because you mentioned he's probably going to DH a bunch. He's going to spell Vladdy at first base, which I think will help Vladdy because Vladdy's only missed three games over the last three years. So if we can get him even for those half days off where he gets off his feet and Belt can play first base and he can still go in there, I think that's a good sign here. But what this means is now that we are probably going to have less there are going to be less times this year where we see both now Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen in the lineup at the same time because we were kind of banking on the DH spot for one of those guys to go into. Do you think that's going to be a problem? Did we cap say our offensive upside by now making sure that one of every day it's either going to be Kirk Jansen or Brandon Belt on the bench? I mean, obviously for this team, you kind of wish that you could have a batting order of 10 guys some days. Sure, yeah. Um, however, I mean, the, I mean, I'm a guy. I'm kind of old school in the way I like my matchups and Brandon belt is a left-handed bat. And there's a majority of right-handing starting pitchers. It seems that that's a surplus. And I feel like it will take a lot off Kirk and Jansen's shoulders. Ideally. Yes. I would love to have both of those catchers in the lineup, whether one be catching or whether one be at the designated hitter spot, mm -hmm. but somewhat, some very good player, Jesse is just going to not be in the lineup that day, which is too bad. For, for that person. But as far as the makeup of the team, I mean, to have your 10th guy sit on the bench, just and whoever that is, whether it's Kirk Jansen, Belt, George Springer, whoever yeah, is yeah, sitting yeah. on the bench that day, you know, just for general rest or just because they can't get in the lineup. I mean, it's not the worst thing. I mean, True. especially with Belt, you know, he he will probably need more days off than, say, you know, Vladdy as far as the durability and age thing and that. And George Springer as well is probably going to play less games this year as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and then there's the then there's the, you know, who's on second kind of Abbott and Costello deal, too. Sure, I mean, yep. we have a sur surplus of utility players there. And when you look at it, we're just going to have good players on the bench. But you know what? John Schneider is going to not have his work cut out for him in the way that it's going to be easy or it's going to be difficult, but easy at the same time to create right. a good lineup. Right. That's the thing. It's a good problem to have, right? If we have too many good offensive pieces at many different parts of our lineup. And um, I was thinking about this a little this afternoon. Brandon Belt and Danny Jansen, to me, kind of seem... I don't want to say a platoon because they play different positions, but one hits from the right side, one hits from the left side. And so against a good right-handed pitcher, like you mentioned, we put belt in and then maybe against the lefty, you put Jansen in. And even the way they attack pitches is very different. Brandon belt has always been very good at uh, hitting the off-speed pitch, the pitch that's low in the zone, the pitch that dips like sinkers. Brandon belt is really good at that. I would say Danny Jansen, what he's best at, he's best at hitting that fastball that's up in the zone. So I think if we got a pitcher who was like really fastball heavy, like a Tristan McKenzie, for example, who just rides fastballs all the time. We might put Danny Jansen in there. And if we have a junk baller that's coming up against us, somebody throws a lot of like off-speed curveballs or six or seven pitches, we might throw Brandon Belt in there. And I think it would just work wonders, Riley. It would work absolute wonders. And like you said, John Schneider is going to have a fun time filling out that lineup card every day. Yeah, I honest to God wouldn't want that job. I'm, I wouldn't want anyone's <laughs> feelings. I don't think feelings will get hurt because you realize the amount of star power that's that's going to be in this clubhouse this season, Jesse. And it's kind of like who's who's going to be the odd man out. 
And that's going to happen, I'm going to say, way more often than not. Um, and Brandon Belt just seems like such a such a good fit. You talk about, you know, bringing in guys like Mattingly, Kiermaier, mm-hmm. you know, just as clubhouse presence. I feel like Belt as well. I mean, again, a guy I don't know too much about, but one of his nicknames is Captain. I mean, we have Captain yeah. Kirk. Yeah. But I feel if you have the nickname Captain, I mean, there's some sort of leadership attached to that. There's no way there's not. He was a longtime giant. I'm going to say, like, it's just the kind of resume you want. I mean, there. I'm sure there's a lot of teams that would have wanted to go after this guy. You play a position like if you're a lefty-lefty first baseman, first of all, kind of sold on that. I do love a lefty-lefty sure, first yeah. baseman. Guy who swings with a little bit of pop. And he played it. Hey, it's called McCovey's Cove for a reason. <laughs> Willie McCovey, I, 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 you know, they didn't rename it after Bonds. They've had some big lefty hitters in that mm-hmm. ballpark, you know, it's a tough thing for Belt to do um, at a hitter's ballpark like Rogers Center. I mean, he's not probably not going to be a 40 home run guy at all, but he's going to be a guy who's going to be able to provide some pop for us, man. And it's going to, you know, we're trying to we're trying to replace Teoscar Hernandez here. And, um, you know, we've yeah, added Varsho, who has a very, very uh, like good chance that he could be, you know, he could repeat. Yep. Another season where he hits year. in the high twenties for home runs, and I feel if Belt kind of gets the same, the same playing time, the same opportunity, he will put up pretty well the same numbers. Riley, you talked about the veteran leadership from Brandon Belt here. There were some Giants fans on Twitter, even some uh, former teammates of Brandon Belt, saying absolutely what you're saying. Like this guy was the rock for our clubhouse. This guy was the rock for our team. It's almost the same character things we heard out of Oakland when Matt Chapman got traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. Of all these players saying things like, "We love Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman was one of the best teammates I've ever had." We're hearing similar things for Brandon Belt, which is only going to help things in the clubhouse. And the Blue Jays want to install a winning mentality in the clubhouse here. They're you know, they're through with having their fun in games. They want people to be held accountable. This was some of the stuff Don Mattingly talked about. This was some of the stuff that um, John Schneider had talked about. And I think Brandon Belt is just going to help this. In fact, during the press conference, Ross Atkins was asked about the veteran leadership here. And here's the quote that he gave. He said, quote, his consistency and experiences on the game's biggest stage makes him a great addition culturally and within our clubhouse. So it sounds like even Ross Atkins is on the same side of Brandon Belt being a good teammate. So looking forward to this this year. I mean, Jesse, we got, um, you know, you look at the the World Series teams in 93. We added Dave Stewart and Ricky Henderson. Mm-hmm. Like we added, we added winners in order to win. You want to build a winning ball club, man? Add winners. Add 100%. a guy. Who- Add a guy who's won, you know, two World Series and is considered the leader of that team. I mean, that's that's huge, man. And under it's uh, nine point whatever under ten million dollars for one year. I mean, I think that's a that's a it's a smart deal financially. I mean, what it's going to bring into the clubhouse. I don't like forget what he puts on 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 the diamond this year i mean that's 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 big to bring in that kind of character to this team of obviously there's no one on this team who's won two world series championships i doubt that there's anyone who's won as many playoff games you know not a pitch from a pitcher but from any player who's been on had the success he's had i mean I that's mean, huge george springer man. george springer would be the only one oh, who's probably had yeah, more playoff sorry. success yeah 
Houston, correct. <laughs> yeah, of course. But you want to get into this a little more. It sounds like not only that, Brandon Belt is excited to come to Toronto. We've already mentioned some of the stuff earlier. But get this, Riley. He was doing an interview back in 2019, the last time the Giants made the road trip up to Toronto. And he said, you know what good ball players look for on the road is they want a good hotel with some late night room service. When you can get done at a game at 11 or so at night and I can get some good chicken tenders or some apple pie, I'm pumped. He gets his ketchup, get my ranch, and I dip it in the tenders. Ketchup first than his ranch. So good taste on the dip right there already from Brandon Belt, you know, catch up with one ranch with the other. Love that already. And he said the Ritz Carlton in Toronto is the best chicken tenders he's ever had in his life. Just the right amount of crisp and tenderness. And he looked up his numbers in the series, Riley. He had a home run and a double in that two game series. And I think it was because of the chicken tenders. So Riley, if we can get this guy some good chicken tenders from Ritz Carlton before every game, just imagine how good Brandon Belt's going to be this year. I mean, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but um, I have a feeling that we're probably going to go to opening if we're on the if we're at home opening whatever you and I to mm-hmm. go to the diamond. I have this plan. I want to actually wear have a belt and okay, have yeah. chicken fingers shoved <laughs> into in that belt. That is that yes. is my plan. Don't want to give away t- you know too many spoilers, <laughs> but I really want to do that. It's a unique thing. I mean, I love that. I want it's that is the kind of guy, Jesse, that you just want to greet with open arms uh-huh. because I this guy is at this point he's owed respect for what he has done on the field, the accolades, and you hear about his reputation. That's awesome. Give this guy free chicken fingers for life. I 100%. don't care, or for, or for the year, whatever, man. Like open this, open this, or, you know, um, welcome this guy with open arms and like, you know, just g- give him what he wants. This is, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, treat your, treat your veterans well. And this is one of those guys, treat him well, make him sleep in a good bed at night. So he goes out the next next day and goes three for four with a home run. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, that'll wrap our conclusion on a Brandon Belt here. We asked our friends over on Twitter to grade the move of the Brandon Belt signing with the Blue Jays. And here are the results. We'll throw them up on screen there for you. Um, 44% of people gave it an A. 44% of people gave it a B, Riley. That's 89% of people who gave it an A or a B grading. So I think they're on the same side as us. We had 7.5% for C and just a under 4% for a D. So one or two skeptics out there. But for the rest of us, Riley, it sounds like they're very similar to you and I here that we think this is going to be a great move for the team. Well, those are some smart followers. And no shame mm-hmm. if you did vote in the other categories. But I also thank you for realizing, you know, I, I don't think Jesse and I are alone on feeling the value of what Bell could bring to this ball club. Um, I, I would get hyped. I wouldn't go out and buy a jersey because he might only be here for one year. Let's be realistic. Right, exactly. But th- this could this could be that this could be that ingredient you know we're looking to win a championship in baseball you know it's a game for a lot of people but at the at the end of the day it is a business and it can be you know kind of finicky financially and you know what this is very smart for all parties this is probably going to be the most money belt makes for the rest of his career in a year i imagine i mean he's winding down he's going to put up some he's going to put up some very good numbers for the next couple years he's a guy who started as you know he's probably not going to go to the hall of fame kind of kind of sad that he was only you know once an all-star i feel like this guy deserves Mm -hmm. more you know you look at his numbers very 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 respectable numbers jesse i mean obviously not you know jump off the page yes had um mvp votes But, um, you know, throughout his career, very, very respectable in all aspects of the game, man. 
Riley, just real quick, just skip, don't need to explain it at all, but would you rather have Brandon Belt on a one-year $9.3 million contract or Cody Bellinger on what he signed, which was one year and I think was $19.3 million contract? Honestly, at, the, at, at this point, I, I really like the uh, the belt fit. You can't talk me out of it. The mm-hmm. belt fit, the belt fits, man. That's I'll say that. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I think I'm agreeing with you. I'm in agreement with you on that. Even though I did love Cody Bellinger's upside, I like the Brandon Belt one here too. Um, but the Blue Jays weren't done. They were still making even more transactions. This one might not get all the headlines as like Brandon Belt did, but we traded outfielder Chavez Young for right-handed pitcher Zach Thompson and Junior Fernandez has been DFA to make room on the 40-man roster. So Riley, just like I asked you with Brandon Belt, first thoughts on the Zach Thompson acquisition? Well, this is a guy who has had not a lot of major league time at all. And the mm-hmm. numbers don't exactly, you know, jump off the page. He has a, he has a career ERA of 4.44 yep. and just under 200 innings pitched. You know, he's not a guy who strikes a ton of guys out. Um, and he's, it's the thing of he's, he started games, but I don't know if he'll be where he will exactly fit. I, he's going to be a bullpen piece to start for sure. But um, yeah, in Buffalo, I, probably. Like yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if he will, you know, be any sort of, you know, big starter for us. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, I'll bring it back to Belt for a second. He has less to prove for sure. He's got of a course. full resume. This guy's really just kind of paving his ways to kind of, uh, you know, make his way to the major leagues. And I think it's very much in the air on how he will be used this year for sure. Yeah, my first thoughts here, Riley, I thought it was kind of just like a nothing trade. Like Chavez Young, he his prospect shine had kind of wore off. Like there were other names who were passing him in our prospect depth chart. So I think getting rid of him isn't really that big of a deal. I don't think we're going to miss this move. And getting Zach Thompson is, yeah, he was bad last year, but we did need more starting pitching depth. I think I've talked about in Buffalo, like our starting rotation, it doesn't seem that good. It's gotten better now with some acquisitions we've made, but we still needed more guys to pitch there. But he is kind of interesting to me, Riley. And... You know, and because he was okay. So his first year, his rookie year, he was in Miami, right? He was actually pretty good with the Marlins. He had a 324 ERA and had expected stats that backed it up. Like he looked like a legit major league contributor here. Goes to Pittsburgh last year and was garbage through 120 innings pitch, had an ERA over five. But if you really dive in, Riley, to like the pitch metrics and some of the stuff that Zach Thompson did, there's actually some interesting things in here. Like I'm going to compare his 2021 season with Miami and then his 2022 pits, uh, season in Pittsburgh. So in 2021, his run value on his cutter was negative 12, which is elite. That's like equivalent to Justin Verlander's fastball and some of the best pitches in the game. So his cutter was awesome. He gets traded to Miami, he gets traded to Pittsburgh and it's plus four, which is bad. So it's weird that a pitch could go so valuable one year to terrible the next year. And if you look even deeper on it, some things like his extension, his spin rates, um, his velocity, even his movement wasn't as good in Pittsburgh than it was in Miami. So also his location decisions were kind of weird. Like in 2021, he was throwing backdoor cutters a lot. And I know from being a left-handed hitter, that backdoor cutter is impossible to hit. He switched up when he got to Pittsburgh. He started throwing more cutters in and they got crushed. So I wonder if the Blue Jays saw stuff like this and they're able to get that cutter back because if that's a weapon like it was in his rookie season with the Marlins, then he could be a good pitcher. I know it's a lot of ifs and buts and you know you got to kind of squint to make things happen, but I think that's what the Blue Jays see here in acquiring Zach Thompson. I mean, if you take 20 innings, Jesse, and just switch up your pitches a little bit, if you decide I'm going to throw, you know, 70% of those cutters on the inside portion of the plate and you get hit around, that will inflate inflate a ton of your statistics, man. It'll show at the end of the year, man. I mean, 120 innings, that's 
for a pitcher of you know that's that, that's not a small sample size by any means that's you know that's a good that's a good size uh, that's a good size of play for the entire year for you know being a sophomore mm -hmm. so i mean we got some good guys for him to work with. I mean, you want to, I think the only guy who really could get away, it's a money on money on a Rivera cutter. You yeah. throw that on the inside and split some yeah. lumber. But you know, if, if you're not him, you kind of got to work your pitches in other ways. So, you know, work with the staff, work with the pitching coaches, you know, and kind of maybe develop a better game plan going up, um, you know, going up on the Hill, but um, for sure. Yeah. His Miami splits were in incredible compared to a stint in Pittsburgh, which is too bad. I mean, I guess they call the sophomore slump for a reason. I mean, Sir. <laughs> this is this is round this is round three. I mean, three years, three teams. I mean, yep. we could we could get something like he was for the Marlins. We could get something like he was for the Pirates, or we could get a totally different version of him. In this mm -hmm. is this is his third organization in three years. So you know what? It's I, I almost want to wipe the slate clean and say. You know, start fresh, go out in the spring when pitchers and catchers report, you know, and work on your craft. And, you know, it's a, for him, I guarantee it. It's a it's new good. chapter in his pitching career, and it, it totally should be a pack. It's going to be one of the interesting things to watch for him when he pitches in spring training. And if you're following Buffalo Bison's uh, box scores, take a look at that. Oh, well, one more thought on this, though, Riley. I will say I'm glad last episode we spent 15 minutes talking about Junior Fernandez and the value he's going to bring to this team when we just DFA him six days later. But uh, such is life when we're analyzing these Blue Jays players here. Um, well, just like the Brandon Belt move, Riley, we asked our fans on Twitter what they thought about this move. And here are the results. Not quite a landslide like it was for Brandon Belt, but... I'll throw them up on the screen here as well. We had 15% for A, 55% for B. So a lot of people thought it was solid. 25% from C and still just 5% for D. So overall, Riley, sounds like another solid piece of business for the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, it's not a bad one. I mean, Chavez Young, this is a this an outfielder who didn't really, I mean, age was behind him. I know that's and that's tough. If you never made a big league appearance by the time you're 27, 20, I think he was 28, maybe even approaching 29. It's, you know, it's tough at that point. Um, you know, his big league um, probability decreases every month. He's not called up. So, mm -hmm. I mean, new he's going to, uh, going and getting a new opportunity elsewhere, which is fine. Wish him all the best. Um, but uh, with Thompson, yeah, you just kind of you just kind of hope that we get, you know, the same version we got in Miami. I think that, um, you know, we I, I, very much a clean slate, very much in his hands as well. I hope that we're our staff and uh, our, the other pitchers are able to work with them, maybe find a mentor in some way and, you know, try and figure out what works for him better. What's going to get hitters off balance, maybe strike guys out or induce weak contact, figure something out. It'll be an interesting guy to watch for. I am excited to see what this guy can do with our franchise. And O'Reilly, moving on here now, do you remember on last week's episode when Isaac asked us the question, what player from the 2015 Toronto Blue Jays team we'd want on our roster, right? I think you said Josh Donaldson. I think I came back with a Troy Tulowitzki. And no, they didn't bring back any of those guys, but they did bring back a player from that roster. In fact, it is 2015 opening day starter, Drew Hutchinson is back on a minor league deal. They also added two other ones as well. Left-handed pitcher, Paul Fry, and a catcher, Rob Brantley. But Riley, those three moves, what are your thoughts on those? Well, we're adding more depth and yeah. uh, like we're adding veteran presences. Seems like the off-season theme. Our, we realize that we have so much good young talent 
And it's almost like we've hired a group of babysitters in a way, you know, nothing about <laughs> it, nothing about the maturity of these players, but these players are young, you know, look kind of like cattle. You got to get some cowboys out sure, to wrangle sure. up some cattle or something. You know, we hired, you know, a couple cowboys like Kiermaier and Belt and, you know, Hutchinson. Yeah, maybe he's not wearing the sheriff's badge anymore. You know, he's retired from that. Maybe even a deputy, if you will. But he's still going to supply leadership where he is. And that will probably be with the AAA affiliate. Mm-hmm team but i mean don't hate it drew hutchinson one of my favorite blue jays and i'll call it you know he was there in the dark times jesse he was he was i mean like that you know he's he's stuck through it man and those are the kind of guys i like you know it was the best of times it was the worst of times and he was there for the worst of times and you know to have him back it travel almost full circle you know that's cool always liked him yeah Forgot that he was the opening day starter for that yeah. for that team. Crazy, crazy if you think about it, Jesse. You know, it's 2023. That was 2015. Seems, it seems like yesterday, but in fact, in in the in baseball terms, it's half a career essentially. It's it's been a long time since that 2015 season. Hutch now, I don't think he's really going to add much value to the uh, Blue Jays team this year. Started 18 games for the Tigers last year. Did pitch to a 4.53 ERA, but his expected stats were a lot worse than that. And Riley, he's out of options too, though. So unless he makes this team out of spring training, which I'd be very surprised if he does, I think he's just going to get cut before the season starts. So unfortunately, it's a great story, but I don't know if it's going to last with Drew Hutchinson. We will we will see. I mean, yeah, it's just it's a great story. I don't expect anything big out of it either. But you love that the opportunity is there. I mean, balls in his court. Obviously, this is a guy who's been a little more plagued by father time compared Mm to, you know, some players. And he's a he's a pitcher as well. As soon as you really lose one or even a couple of your tools, velocity, control, spin rate, you know, you know, that's then you're going to get hit around and you're your stats are going to back that up and prove that you're probably, you know, you're not the ace you were. Maybe you're not even the fifth guy in the rotation. Right. And then, you know, things start to go downhill from there. Do you have any thoughts on these other two signings? The Blue Jays made Paul Fry, left-handed reliever. He spent some time with the Orioles and the White Sox last year. We've seen him in our division before. And uh, Rob Brantley, who uh, is a catcher. He hasn't played much. He hasn't hit much. But I did figure since the Blue Jays traded Gabriel Moreno, we would sign an extra catcher. So do you have a quick thought on any of those two guys? I think they'll I think that they'll both uh, get playing time at some point this year. I won't lie, depending on I think Brantley will being our third catcher. We'll we'll see what happens where and when we will use him. Um, and Paul Fry, yeah, I, this is a guy that I've, you know, I've seen, you've seen pitch for the Orioles and nothing mm-hmm. jumps out at you really at all. I just kind of, <laughs> yeah. he's just like a guy, right? I, he's, he's, he's a left-handed guy. He played for, you know, again, you want to talk about a team that didn't have bullpen depth. Um, he just kind of got thrown into the fire early in his career and, yeah, I think um, the last major league team he pitched for was the Diamondbacks, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Might have to might have to look that up. If not, I could be totally wrong. Um, but Paul Fry, yeah, we've seen him pitch. Um, I still think he's going to get big league time. It could be five innings, could be 15 innings, but nowhere, you know, like a heavy workload or anything. I imagine that he's going to have an okay spring and pitch a couple innings for us in the regular season. It was Riley. He pitched one inning with the Diamondbacks. He gave up uh, two hits, gave up two walks, and an earned run as well in there. Um, I looked him up. You know, my main thought is the Blue Jays actually don't have a ton of left-handed pitchers in their bullpen. Like if you were to do a depth chart of left-handed pitchers here, Tim Meza is number one, our best lefty. 
Matt Gage is probably our second best lefty in there. And if you say Kikuchi is pitching in the starting rotation, then Paul Fry might be our third best left-handed pitcher on the depth chart, which is saying something for what it's worth. Um, he was good in 2016. He was good in 2018. He's been terrible against the Tampa Bay Rays. So let's maybe not uh, use him in those games here. But hey, it's depth. Every team needs depth. And he does have minor league options. So he'll probably be on that train up and down from Buffalo, especially if something does happen to uh, Tim Mesa this year. Yeah, it sounds like a very low leverage guy. If if Tim Mays is healthy, I can't see his usage being um, anything more than just few and far between. The mm-hmm. options are very helpful, of course. Um, but yeah, probably probably not going to be with the big club on opening day. Let's be real. But he's a good guy to have um, in the organization if, you know, knock on wood, something were to happen. The Jays also signed right-handed pitcher Jay Jackson to a one-year deal. And Riley, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I did not know who this guy was until he signed with the Blue Jays. So I had to look him up. 35 years old. He's got a career 421 ERA, but another guy with zero minor league options. And a guy who, again, just like Drew Hutchison, I bet gets cut during spring training or even this offseason if we make another move to get another roster spot this season. Geez, zero, you're zero minor league moves, and he slipped right under our nose this entire mm-hmm. time. He's obviously been up. That's yeah, because I don't. This is I was I was this many minutes years old until I I even heard of this guy. <laughs> just just as you brought his name up, Jesse. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, I, you know what? Let's. Uh, you know what? Like it, it. It's fair game in spring training. You know, if show us that you can be there, and if you if you don't make it, you don't make it. But. You know, we got a lot. We got a lot of new arms on this team, mm-hmm. and no no spot really, unless your name is Alec or Kevin. Your spot sure, isn't guaranteed. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's it for the free agent uh, moves that the Blue Jays have made so far, Riley. I thought we'd look ahead forward now because the Blue Jays have done some heavy lifting between the start of the offseason and where they are now. So I'm going to ask you the question, Riley: Are the Blue Jays done? Do we have another big move in us here, or do you think this is kind of more or less the roster we're going to take into spring training this year? I think we're very close. I think we're very close. I think there might be one more trick up the sleeve of our front office, but I think for the most part, I think the biggest, the last and big name I think we're going to see is Brandon Belt. I think we're going to see maybe, um, you know, a pitcher or maybe a veteran outfielder, you know, something along the lines of what, um, Oh God, Jackie Bradley Jr. You know, in a way, something okay, along so like those a bench lines. guy like that, right? A guy yes, who can absolutely. provide good defense or something. Yeah, okay. Um, there's some buzz around Blue Jay circles that we are looking for another outfielder, whether it be a Robbie Grossman, an Adam Duvall, a Trey Mancini, an Andrew McCutcheon type. Those guys are still free agents, and you could argue that they could put it into a platoon role off the bench. Personally, Riley, I'd rather see us just give that spot to a Spencer Horwitz, an Addison Barger, some guy, um, a Nathan Lucas coming out from Buffalo just to see what they can do to get that youth and experience on the bench here. But I won't be upset if they do sign one of these guys either. And you could make the argument, Riley, what about another addition to the bullpen? There have been some Alex Reyes rumors out there that the Blue Jays might try to get him. Do you think we're going to go status quo? I think our bullpen's pretty good as it is. But again, more pitching depth. You can never have too much pitching depth. Do you think we're going to make a move in any of those areas? I think with Fry and Thompson, I think I'm full with the bullpen. If I'm going anywhere else, I would really like... I I mean, it's still on my wish list, and I don't think it's happening, is... I mean, we got Chris Bassett, yes. Mm -hmm. But... I just, uh, my only insecurity with this team going as of right now, if tomorrow is the first day of spring and we're going in to play our first exhibition game, my only concern, Jesse, 
is the back end of our starting rotation. Still at this point, that is the one spot. And I think I'm not alone on this where I feel the the, any bit of discomfort. I think that our bullpen has incru- improved significantly over mm-hmm. this offseason. And I think we're going to have one of the, I think for starters, we're going to have the best bullpen in our division. And number two, I think we're going to have one of the better bullpens in the American League. I I would just really like another starter. I did, Sadly, Jesse, I don't know if that's going to happen. So you really do have to rely on White or Kikuchi or Barrios, whoever, you know, whoever it is. I mean, I'm putting them all in the same category. Mm-hmm. They're under they're under my gun right now as far as, you know, the pressure that I'm putting on them. They don't know I'm putting pressure on them, of course. <laughs> Sadly, they're not listeners to Buds and Blue Jays podcast. But um, should be. If, they, if they were, I mean, boys, the pressure is on. All three of you did not have great years. Gosman and Manoa can't do everything. Right. They were fantastic. I mean, there's Hunjin Ryu, who is uh, going to be a slow return to whatever role he takes to this mm-hmm. team. And I mean, there's just, I feel like the pressure's there. I feel like they know the pressure's there. And, you know, some one out of the three, someone's got to someone's gotta pick, pick up the slack big time. We're going to do a big Blue Jays X-Factors episode as we get closer to the season. But I think I think you nailed it on the head, Riley. Our Blue Jays team is going to be as well as those pitchers perform, as well as Yusei Kikuchi perform, as well as Jose Brios perform. If they are good and everyone stays healthy, the Blue Jays could be a 95-plus win team. If they struggle again and we don't get good pitching, we could... We could falter. We could be a 500 team, and that just won't be good enough um, as it stands right now. Yeah, absolutely. When I mean, when you have two pitchers that I'm not going to – no starting pitcher is guaranteed you a win or guaranteed you a loss. Jose Barrios had a positive winning percentage last year and was one of the worst pitchers that – for the workload he received, he was the worst pitcher in in all of MLB. His good starts, though, were really good. They were few and far between. But there were glimpses of good. Yeah, and and Jesse, that's that's great, Jesse. Yeah. I loved it when Barrios was great, but when he wasn't on, boy, he was not on, man. Yes. And I just yeah. like this. I this I listen, and I said this before. I think that Jose Brios is not going to be 2018, 2019 Minnesota Twins Jose Brios. But I I know there's no way on God's green earth that he is going to put up the even close to those numbers he put up in the 2022 season. That is going to stick out like a sore thumb when he has done his time in Major League Baseball. You will look back at the 2022 season. He will look back and go, what the hell happened that year? <laughs> I think the Blue Jays are banking on that. They need that 2022 season just to be an anomaly, a blip in the radar and whatnot. And for what it's worth, Riley, the bat just came out with their projections. Here's what they think for Jose Barrios. I think they got him at a 4-3-1 ERA, about a two-war season, over 168 innings pitch. So I think that's right in line where we think Jose Barrios is going to be this year, right? Honestly, love I love that. Workload sounds fine, over 150 innings. Mm-hmm. Um, and an ERA under under 4.5. I if that if that is what we get, Jesse, I'm I'm happy. With the potential for better results, too. Because there's a chance to fix for Jose Brios as well. So we'll take it. We'll talk about Jose Brios a lot as we get through the spring training because it's going to be a main topic of conversation for this team. But Riley, moving on to news and notes. Riley, it's truck day. I don't know if you saw this on Instagram, but the Blue Jays team bus, they were loading it up. They were getting stuff ready in Toronto and they were loading the truck 
down to Dunedin. And I like to think of this as the very first official sign that things are in motion to get down to spring training this year. And in fact, Riley, we've already seen some footage. Jose Brios, the guy we just talked about, threw up something on his Instagram page of him playing, or he's at the Dunedin complex already. He was throwing three pitches, his fastball, his curveball, his sinker. And he looks like he is determined as well to get stuff going for the season to make sure he's good. And we might even see some more reports of players doing this, especially those who are playing in the World Baseball Classic this year because they got to play some higher level baseball early in the season. So it's starting. It's on its way, Riley. If it's today is January 12th, and if he's out there throwing, you know, in January, that is something I want to see. I don't want to see a guy sit around all winter and feel sorry for himself that he had a bad year. He goes out there and is working on his craft and he wants to be a better pitcher than he was. I respect the hell out of that, man. And I hope and I hope he works on it because he needs to work on it. And I, I hope for him, you know, even even ahead of, of the results he gets for the Toronto Blue Jays, for the pitcher that, you know, that Jose Brio should be in this league. I mean, he was a guy with a huge ceiling early in his career. And I feel like that's probably out of the question now. This is a guy with Cy Young potential, and his mm-hmm. after his first full year, I feel like this is a guy who had you know credentials to be one of those arms. I don't feel like that's that's the case anymore. But still, you know, this is a guy who could very well be an All Star the first half of the year. This is a guy who could go on a big long run, a big long stretch of wins and quality starts. I mean, it's all there. It was it was there. If it was already there, it can it can be you know it can come back. But I, I, he's got to put the work in. And if he's starting in January, who knows what we'll get out of him in the spring? Riley, put a percentage on it. If I told you how likely is is uh, Jose Brios going to win the Cy Young Award year? If you had to put a percentage on it, like a percent chance of it happening, what would you say? I'd say I'd say a quarter of one percent. So yeah, very little, uh, but more than I think you you would guess at, right? Because there's yeah. a chance he just puts it all together and he's on fire and he's lights out. Of course, it's not likely, but there's a chance. Quarter, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, look, we got we got guys who already finished with. You know, if anyone's going to win the Cy Young for the Jays, we know who the one or two guys might be. Yeah. But Jose Brios has a real chance to be one of the best comeback players. Um, of, of the year next year. I mean, maybe he set himself up for that. I don't know. I hope not because that would have r- really, you kind of, if that's your plan, Jose, you compromised us just a little <laughs> bit. I don't think that was his plan. I really, hey, no. me me as much as the next guy wants him to, co- uh, to come out and have a really strong campaign in this upcoming season, man. Well, we are, uh, pitchers and catchers are going to be reporting to Dunedin February 16th this year. And uh, the first full team workout will be five days later on February 21st. We are 43 days away until the start of spring training and 76 days away until opening day. We'll get there, Riley. Surely, but slowly, we're on our way. Now, last week on our episode, Riley, you and I, we made a little friendly wager about what we thought was going to happen this season. And that was Nate Pearson um, getting into the 2023 season. We set our over under at 29 and a half innings. I took the over. I'm quite confident. You have told me several times, Jesse, don't and taken the under. And so we threw out a poll on Twitter, just like we did with the grades earlier. And Riley, we got a dead split. 50-50 draw for how many innings Nate Pearson's going to get this year. So this is going to be a hell of a battle we watched so far this year, and I'm looking forward to it. Hey, if he goes out there and proves me wrong, that's fantastic. I know that this is a guy that had incredible upside, still kind of does, but you look like, look. You got to see it, right? If he's he's starting a ton of games for us, 
I mean, I'll be shaking in my boots. I'm hoping he'll do well. <laughs> but also that means, Jesse, something has gone wrong on the Correct, injury yes. side of things. And, you know, I just the, the major league composure isn't there. He hasn't succeeded at that level yet. I mean, you got it for a guy of his age and, you know, that's already played at the major league level and has not really succeeded. You got to start small. I can certainly see him in a relief role at some point, but I don't again, if he does, that's fantastic. If he performs, you know, you'd want to pitch your best guys when when they have the stamina, when they can go. But if he's if he's not giving you the quality innings to start, if he gives you, you know, if he pitch, it has a a plus 10 ERA or, you know, an ERA over 10 in six, 10 innings pitched or whatever, mm -hmm. then it's probably not the year for Nate Pearson to be on the Toronto blue Jays, but we'll see Jesse again, this could be, he could very well figure it out in the, in three weeks of spring training, man, this, this really could be the Nate Pearson year. We do not know yet. I hope so, man. I hope so, so badly. I think I'm with you, though. I think the bullpen might be his way to get innings on this team. And Riley, you can drool over the stuff. I know I have several times here. The 104-mile-per-hour fastball, the wipeout slider. Like, can't you just see that coming out of the bullpen and being a dominant setup man for this team? I really hope that happens. It's probably is a best-case scenario for Nate Pearson, but I'm willing to throw some money on my where my mouth is here and say that could happen. And just imagine how good our bullpen would be if we get that Nate Pearson pitching out of it. I mean, I, I've thought about this, too. I'm glad you just said setup role. I mean, I think that Nate Pearson is going to be a major league pitcher at some point and a steady one at that. Mm -hmm. And a back end guy, a closer, even as he could even have the 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 position of closer, depending on how things go at some point. Like he has he at this point, he had ace credentials. Or, you know, that kind of that potential, I, I'm i guessing, you know, in, in the tools he possessed or the potential of, you know, the stuff he had. But now it's kind of like, OK, you're trying to find a fit for him. We brought in other guys. We have guys pass some Manoa quickly passed him in the yeah. ranks. Lots other of guys. Lots and, of it's just, and it's just like, you know, you want to find a spot for him, Jesse. But if he's not. If, you know, injuries is, is, you know, really hindering his performance and if mm -hmm. performance is, you know, hindering, you know, the, <laughs> that you can even pitch the guy, then, yeah, you know, that's that's the problem, man. Hey, he was good in the Dominican Winter League this year. And if he's good in spring training, I'm going to be all in on Nate Pearson this year. <laughs> Riley, I got three random stats at you. At you. I'm just going to throw them at you and you're going to tell me if they mean anything. All right. They always mean something to me, Jesse, but Perfect. I will good, tell you. Good person. All right. In 2022, the Blue Jays had the fewest at-bats in baseball last year with the platoon advantage at only 30.7%. Do you have a thought on that? No. Um, honestly, it sounds confusing. 37, 37%, eh? 30.7. So mostly the 30.7. More of the right-handed hitters hit against a right-handed pitcher and a left-handed hitter hit with a left-handed pitcher on the mound more than any other team in baseball last year. Yeah, I I see. I would say that that's a bad thing, but it is. Uh, there's, there's a lot. I mean, I think Danny Jansen hits better against righties than he does lefties. I think that there's a di I think there's a different amount of splits. I think that this righties, I think, you know, I don't think there's really any left-handed hitter that hits well off a lefty if, you know, or not a ton. There's a very small percentage, but there's a good amount of right-handers that hit well against righty. I'm a big matchup guy, but, you know, I could see that changing with the versatility we've added to this ball club, especially mm -hmm. with the extra left-handed bats. I, I don't think that stat means anything, but I bet you that stat will, 
not be the same number based off, you know, what we've brought to this organization. And a lot of it, we talked about it a lot last year, Riley, how the Jays were very right-handed heavy uh, in their lineup. Well, we've added Brandon Belt, who's a lefty, Kevin Kiermeyer, who's a lefty, Dalton Varsho, who's a lefty. So this, these are guys who are going to get regular at-bats in the lineup and should really help the platoon advantage and plus make other teams' bullpens harder to pitch against us late in the game. So I think that's going to be a good thing and something Ross Atkins wanted to address, and I think he did address this year. Riley, my next stat, and we're going to get a little goofy here with this one. Brandon Belt has drawn the 10th most walks by a player whose initials are BB, which I thought was very funny. The top five on that list, Riley, Barry Bonds, Billy Butler, Bobby Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, and Buddy Bell. Stat means nothing. I just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, that that is a cool <laughs> one. What if would have figured out um uh, uh would have figured out Bobby Bonds and Bobby Bonds Jr. there, um, sure. you know. <laughs> um uh, Butler, eh? That's the same Billy, Billy Butler. Yeah, the same Billy Butler. Yep. Um, another guy you, a guy who played in the American League. That when you just said his name, I was like, oh yeah, he, he, he was name. here yep. for he was here for a time. Um, yeah, doesn't mean anything. Um, I do want to add too that I mean, in the, the COVID shortened year, a four twenty five, mm-hmm. a four twenty five on base percentage. Yeah, is that I good? know that's a. I, hey, I mean, <laughs> sm- small sample size or not. That's showing me uh, that's showing me something. And this is a guy who is, you know, always had he's always been able to, you know, get on base somehow. And honestly, Jesse, the strikeout rate isn't that bad either. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most the most strikeouts he's had in a season I'm looking at right now is 148, 147. And from there, it goes into the 120s. I mean, so he's not he's not a strikeout a game kind of guy. And he's a power kind of hitter. I mean, if he gets bad on ball, that's already it's already a, a, a win, especially with, you know, the 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 banning of the shift. I mean, you can sure. you can see this work a lot in our favor. This could work a lot of different ways. I, I again, another thing to add to the positive column of having belt on this team. I mean, like a pro- I'll probably wake up in the middle of the night and want to fire up, you know, an ad <laughs> onto this episode because I'll think of another way. But man, I, I mean, it's just just a good thing. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if he if he walks or gets a hit. Obviously, hits are nice, but I mean, we got so many guys who can drive in runs. That's great. Can you tell we're excited about Brandon Belt on this team and what he can bring here? Like, I'm very excited. The puns too, Riley, we can make. Like, imagine uh, Dan Schulman going, swinging a belt, right? Back to the 90s team with Brandon Belt's up there. So many jokes that can be made with Brandon Belt. I think we're both excited about this one. My next stat, Riley? has zero relevance to this year's Toronto Blue Jays. In fact, it's a stat we mentioned on last episode last week, but I just want to say it again because I find it so funny. And that's Major League Baseball's all-time leader in postseason OPS, Colby Rasmus. And I just wanted to mention it again just because I thought it was so ridiculous. Yes, absolute (laughs) legend. Um, Colby Rasmus was one of my favorite Toronto Blue Jays of all time. Mm -hmm. Great hair, of course. this is a, a, a I, I don't I think he's, you know, from one of the got to be from one of the southern states. I know it's not Texas, but Missouri or something like that. I mean, this is a guy who for us was there in the dark times, played mm-hmm. with an, another one of my favorite, you know, cool guy players, uh, Brett Laurie, you know, didn't do a whole lot of things, took his took his brother for a double, um, you know, and yeah, I mean, they don't make them like that. He hit a low fastball. Like I hit, I hit a nine iron. I mean, he absolutely, <laughs> absolutely killed it, man. 
Great stuff. All right, Riley, I got three rapid fire questions. We're going to fire back and forth. We can go pretty quick with these just before we end the episode here today. And for you viewers watching at home, if you want to leave a comment and answer these questions, go right ahead. I think it would be fun to interact with you on those. But Riley, first question, Brandon Belt, I think has a very aesthetically pleasing swing. It's nice to see him swing. Riley, who do you think has the prettiest swing in Blue Jays history? The prettiest swing in Blue Jays history, man. Well, right off the bat, I'll bring up, I could name a couple and I'm going to because sure. yes, uh, you said keep it sweet. I was something we seldom talk about. I'm a big guy on on batting stances, swings, okay, man. Yeah, yeah. I love Colby Rasmus's. If it was a low pitch, low inside, he had one of the smoothest swings in that aspect. Really like, really like Carlos Delgado's okay, swing yeah. and follow through. Found it very, very good. John Olerud, I think all time has probably you know That's maybe my not my maybe John not. Allerud. Maybe not stance wise, batting stance. You know what? He didn't have a, I think, first baseman stance. I think big kind of Paul Canerco bat up in the air. He very, you know, old school, very compact mm -hmm. and but very smooth, uh, smooth swing. John Alderud. Very, very underrated, not only Blue Jay, but all-time MLB great John Olerud wore a protective cap on first blade, yep. uh, first base. I believe he had a metal plate in his head, and yes. he had a illustrious career, twice a World Series champion. Obviously, he was instrumental in, in both of those, Jesse. My other pick is Travis Snyder. I've just always loved that uppercut swing from the left-hand side, and I want to throw Adam Lind in there as well. I've always liked his swing, too. Oh. Um, just a big, you know, left-handed stuff from the left side. I find, I find lefties, man, always have the prettier swings. Oh, absolutely. And probably a, another great swing, but always seem to ground into a double play. Lyle Overbay as well. Oh, another yes. left-handed left bat that usually left-handed bats will drive the ball in the air. Lyle Overbay, I, if I remember anything from him, was that he loved to hit the ball on the ground and obviously not very good foot speed. A lot of double plays in that, in that mm -hmm. um, when he was with the Blue Jays. Riley, we mentioned earlier in the episode that Brandon Belt had some chicken fingers and that really geared him up for a good series. So, Riley, if you played in Major League Baseball, what would your pregame meal be? Oh, man. So, first of all, I, I've never had the chicken fingers he had. I absolutely love the Rogers Center chicken mm -hmm. fingers. Okay, yeah. I pay I pray a pay a premium like the rest of you normal people <laughs> who go and watch the ball game, you know, hand out, you know, uh, $20 for a drink and fry and whatever. And the spicy, the spicy sauce that goes with those chicken fingers are awesome. My pregame softball meal, Jesse is about three or four hot dogs. The jumbo ones. Classic I'm a big, food. I'm a, I'm a big hot dog guy, obviously because I'm a fidgety guy. This was Dr. Pepper also <laughs> love soft drink, hot dog and soft drinks are my go-to to for sure great baseball combo mine i'd probably be boring and simple something to make sure i get my protein and my carbs into me it would probably just be chicken and rice but ho-hum nothing that fun um riley last question here what is the weirdest piece or strangest piece or the the piece of memorabilia that you value the most it can be either one of those categories piece of memorabilia in what yeah. way that i that i own personally that you own or that you've had or you've had at one time maybe your favorite maybe it's weird so it's quirky so Jesse, I'm actually Jesse. I know this is totally off script. That I'm gonna leave the screen. Okay. I gotta go get. I'm gonna go get it right now. I did that. Jesse does not know I I I own this. I'm going to wow, return. Wow, I'm excited. In about 20 live seconds, Jesse. Tell the talk, talk of our channel anything. I'm super excited to introduce <laughs> this, actually. Okay. In the meantime, I will share my piece of uh, memorabilia. As you can see on the wall behind me here, I do have a bunch of stuff. I've got a Blue Jays banner. I've got a Blue Jays one. But I'm gonna show you this thing that I got from an old coworker of mine.
and it's actually a baseball and it's got signatures on it. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it here. I don't exactly know whose signatures are on this baseball. I think it's from like the 1995 Miami Marlins. I don't know how I came into possession of this, but I got it. And uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. Sometimes you just go to yard sales or something and you come up with some cool uh, memorabilia there. Riley, I can't tell if you're back yet or if you're looking around here. Oh, I'm totally oh. back, man. I let you finish. I heard something about Miami, Miami Marlins. I don't really care. I don't, it's probably really cool. But Jesse, this is incredible. This is oh, look a this. huge print of the newspaper wow. of the Toronto Star. Man, this is um, – I can't even get it in the whole thing. It was supposed to hang up behind me. Right. Um, it's a newspaper cutout of the Star. Yeah. And it's after they won the World Blue Series, right? Yeah, man. It's, it's huge. There's something – there's a quote on here. That um, it says something about Mitch Williams might be the most popular guy in Toronto <laughs> besides Joe Carter made me think he had an absolutely <laughs> abysmal 93 World Series, which is which is, you know, too bad. But wow, what a team looking at it. We've got Ricky Henderson, Devon White, Paul Malder, Joe Carter, John Allroot, Roberto Alomar, Tony Great Fernandez, team. of Great course. Team. Ed Sprague, Pap Orders, and Dave Stewart, mm -hmm. game time starter, longtime Oakland Day. That's a winner right there. I mean, we've added winners. This team was a winner. I think we've added the right winners in certain ways to kind of, you know, maybe not rival that team, but at least, you know, give our division a little bit of a scare and hopefully make a run at the pennant. Riley, I hope that at the end of the 2023 season, we get another copy from the Toronto Star of the Blue Jays winning the World Series, and we can have a wall hung up of uh, newspaper articles for Blue Jays World Series wins. That would be phenomenal. But Riley, I'm going to grade your memorabilia. Give it a solid A. I love that. I think that's really cool. Beautiful. Thank you. I love, you know, I love getting... Days. I don't get many on anything, so that's that's perfect, man. If it's Blue Jays memorabilia that I get an A on, that's that's also fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was I was wasn't hiding this. I didn't know if it was the right time to bring it out, and it was also Christmas, and I think a lot of us just kind of you know have stuff you know put away. If you're like me and and are kind of lazy after the holidays, sure. you kind of just have stuff lying around. I've had the you know, my World Series, you know, uh, Blue Jays flag hung up for the last little while. And I just haven't made the moves to rearrange things. Still suffering from turkey brain and, you know, fatigue in other ways, whatever. Yeah. You know, just, um, yeah, I just thought I'd show you guys that and Jesse, of course. But, um, yeah, Blue Jays memorabilia. And I also like on Instagram that we had me and a Blue Jays chain cost of uh, uh, an arm and a leg. I don't even yes, know what I did. Paid. 40 bucks think, or something stupid. It was 40 bucks yeah. for a foam Blue Jays head, but I absolutely thought it was cool. And you bet your bottom dollar I'm wearing that to every Blue Jays game from now on because I want to get my money's worth out of that. Holy cow, man. So yeah, got it hung here right behind me. So yeah, exactly. I'm with you on that train. Exactly. Um, and you guys that listen at home, if you have any cool Blue Jays memorabilia, share them to our Twitter page, share them to our Instagram page. We'll retweet them out there for you. Like we love Blue Jays stuff. So make sure you hit up that there as well. Guys, that'll do it for our episode here today. I want to say thank you to everyone for tuning in. We've got some big, exciting stuff here. Brandon Belt, Zach Thompson, maybe a return to Drew Hutchison. A lot of interesting stuff coming from the Blue Jays. And uh, yeah, next week, Riley, is going to be a special episode for us because Buds and Blue Jays turns one years old. It'll be a one-year anniversary from our debut episode. Riley, it's kind of crazy to think how far we've come in just one year. And for you guys listening at home, you are the big reason of that. A lot of big things coming from us going forward. And we're glad to have you here. Riley, anything else to add before we get out of love, here today? Love the interactions. The support is is great. 
Um, obviously, we're still in the grand scheme of things, a fairly new new channel, and mm -hmm. um, you know we we love to hear from you guys. I'm a big, you know, a big on you know not arguments but debates really. You know, if if I want to hear a point A to point B, if you think if you agree with me and you think Matt Chapman, you know, has wild power potential, or if you think you know he's the biggest scrub and he can only play defense, things like that, you know. I like to talk baseball, man. Mm -hmm. I've been, That's I've gotten that, I've gotten that itch, <laughs> and you know, I, I can't wait for the season to start. Obviously, like, like you guys and like Jesse. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just something we do. We like to talk ball and uh, join in on the conversation. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again. Remember, please like and subscribe to the channel and like the video. We'll see you guys again next week. Thanks, guys.